This is the very first Bench Warmers podcast in conjunction with Red FM's Big Red Bench. We could call it the Big Red Bench Warmers. Good job. Yeah. Rory O'Hagan from Red FM. Neville, what's your surname, Neville? O'Donoghue. Neville O'Donoghue <laughs> from Bench Warmers. Uh, we bring you weekly podcasts talking all things sport, um, everything that happened across the week, everything that's going to happen, and uh, all the big talking points. A busy show coming up across the uh, uh, across today. We've a lot to talk about. Yeah, just sure that we all know the story broke about John Terry last night, which is a uh, big news. Um, and of course there was a lot of FA Cup action on over the weekend. But I suppose the one, the John Terry one, stands out big time last night. Like whatever you might have your divided opinion about the man, but in fairness, what a defender! I reckon he has leaked this to the media to flush Chelsea out and get another deal. I reckon why not like I think he's and I think he's worth every penny to be fair now I had a lot of time for the man before yeah. I, like, I've been a Chelsea fan but I'm when, sorry to hear that yeah what he did in that Champions <laughs> League semi-final that time was pure a personal vendetta and I think Frank Lampard if anyone went on and led Chelsea to the Champions League um, but having said that ah come on now the guy's in photographs in his full kit yeah. like you know hasn't played a minute of the game he's there parading the yeah. trophies like he's won it it's hard not to like you yeah. know we all just like him. saw the jokes like yeah of him being photoshopped into everything but whatever you say every time the Ballon d'Or team of the year comes up he, for years he used to be in there as defender and not many yeah. Englishmen can say that we'll talk about that in depth a little bit more later on also coming up today we're going to talk about uh, the FA Cup 5th round draw as never mentioned we're going to talk about this week's Premier League fixtures a full programme over Tuesday and Wednesday and we're going to be talking about the Liverpool Legends event uh, a hat-trick of Liverpool Legends coming to Cork in conjunction with bench warmers uh, a little bit later on in the month so we will uh, discuss that a little bit later on we're going to start the show though with uh, Manchester United and Louis van Gaal the amount of pressure that this guy is under is frightening. Um, do you think he's going to go soon? I'd say definitely, yeah. I think um, beating Derby at the weekend was only delaying the inevitable. I think they're playing Stoke. Uh, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? And yeah. I, th- I think uh, Stoke, I think they're the better of the weaker sides. I think Mark Hughes has done a great job. And I think they're going to... I think Chelsea at home, I think Chelsea are going to beat them as well. Because I actually think... Now, I know I might be a bit biased, mm. but I actually think Chelsea are going to put in a good run out at the end of the season. Yeah, they've uh, been showing some signs of improvement, haven't they? Yeah. Well, Diego Costa, he's starting to score. Gus Hiddick, he came in before with Chelsea and he steadied the ship again. Mm. He's a good manager. I think... Um, yeah, I think Chelsea got a lot to build on. It was just a disaster to the start of the season, really. But um, I think they, I think they got a striker now as well in Pato, if I'm pronouncing Pato, it right. Yeah. Uh, I think because it's very too reliant on Diego Costa, like Man United here with Wayne Rooney. You need mm. a backup striker. All right, to discuss Louis Van Gaal in a bit more uh, in a bit more detail, we are joined uh, on the line via Skype by uh, Stephen Housen of uh, Full Time Devils on YouTube and at Full Time Devils on Twitter. Stephen, thanks very much for joining us first off. And I suppose we'll start with the FA Cup at the weekend. Has that win bought Louis van Gaal a little bit more time or is he still under pressure, do you think? I think it probably has in the grand scheme of things, but I don't think anybody's getting carried away that beating Derby is going um, is gonna to hinge the man's job. I don't think it's going to save his job and I don't think losing... Oh, maybe it could have, but I don't think losing after the December that we had would have sealed his fate either. I think it's just, it was nice to get a win uh, in such a positive manner, I think. Uh, I don't think it's going to play too much part into his future or the pressure on him, I don't think. I think it's going to be the league that dictates that. I mean, like, um, what's the feeling around Old Trafford about Louis van Gaal? Is it split or is, is there a majority growing that wants him out? 
I think it's split. I think you could ask 10,000 people and get nine and a half thousand different opinions. Uh, there's definitely frustration. There's uh, no doubt about there's frustration. And I think unless there's a rapid change in fortunes, similar to what we saw against Derby, um, starting with the Stoke game, I think the, the, those that are holding out and saying, no, you've got to be patient and give him time, they're becoming fewer and fewer. Um, it's the style of play that everyone's getting at, really, isn't it? I think it is, but I, I think results have to come first for me, um, especially in this transitional period. If we can maintain the results, obviously in, in a, an ideal scenario, we'd be playing swashbuckling football, <laughs> putting four and five goals past people. But when that's not happening, I think you've got to just turn to the results. I, I would rather us pick up boring results, and I know we've not even managed to do that of late, but I'd rather us pick up those boring results and get the points on the board and maintain that Champions League qualification for the for the future of the club than us to try and play football and end up losing anyway. Stephen, just looking at the the next two games coming up, I see Stoke uh, during the week, who I think are probably the better of the weaker sides, and I see Chelsea at home at the weekend, who are looking like they might be coming back to form. I think... If these two results don't go their way, it looks like Van Gaal could very well be out the door by the weekend. I'm not sure, actually, because I think the way Woodward and the board seem to have backed him all the way through December, mm. I think if he was going to go, it was going to be in December. Although, if we do put you know three, four, five losses back-to-back together, then I think the hand will be forced. But I think they've made a decision that they're going to stick with him yeah. until Champions League qualifications probably impossible, similar with what will happen with Moyes, I reckon. Mm. Are you surprised with the lack of activity in the transfer window? Flabbergasted. Absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted. Um Anybody could see that we needed reinforcements. We let far too many players go during the summer window. Now, whether that was down to the board or whether that was down to the manager or whether that was down to the players is irrelevant. There was far too many players that left and didn't get replaced. And then there's even players that are out on loan at the moment that you think would probably bolster what we've got a little bit. So the fact no one has been brought in and we've got what, by the time this goes out, it'll be over, but we've got like 12 hours or so left of the window. And at the moment... I think Woodward's watching Sky Plus, so I don't think he's doing anything. <laughs> Who would you have liked to have seen come in? There's no one in particular, really. I just think we could have done with your know, three middle-of-the-road players that were your know, Premier League experienced in the mid-20s. I don't want to buy potential. I just want to buy cover for the first team because while I think we've got a very good 11, we don't get that 11 out very good, uh, very often. Um, and when we're forced to look to the bench and look to the reserves, I don't think the players that are coming in are of the right standard. So just middle-of-the-road squad players would have done for me, just to bolster what we've got and uh, patch us up to the end of the season and to the summer where we can hopefully bring in someone like a Bale or you know, a yeah. real high-level right-winger that's going to bring goals. Of the signings that Van Hal brought in over the last 18 months, I mean, like no one has really stood out and, and shone. Anthony Martial has shown glimpses of his undoubted potential. But other than that, his signings haven't been spectacular. Uh, I disagree, actually, because I think Schneiderlin has been a wonderful player for us. And he's, he's going to be the sort of player, similar to what Carrick was a few years ago, where you don't really realise what he brings to the team until he's not in the team. Uh, and he's not a spectacular goal scorer mm. or he's not going to be doing last-ditch tackles because he's far too intelligent for that. I think what he's brought is a real calmness and a real a real quality to the centre midfield. The unfortunate thing is he's been paired with Fellaini of late, so he's been doing two people's work. 
so he has been getting run ragged a little bit, but I think you pair him with someone like Schweinsteiger, and I think you've got a wonderful footballer. So I think uh, I think Schneidlin for now is the one that stood out. But you're right, I think Martial in the future will probably go on to be the signing of Van Gaal's era. I think. Um, I don't want to dwell into the past now, Stephen, but I'd like to get your opinion on this. I was listening to Glenn Hoddle um, at the weekend on Fletch and Serve, and he said any manager should get 18 months. Now, I know it's the distant past, but David Moyes, what was your opinion on him? Because in my personal opinion, I think he got shafted a small little, little bit, and I think if you look at the players he actually brought in, he brought in Mata, Fellaini, all right, you can have your thoughts about Fellaini, but sometimes <laughs> he does a job. You know, like with the amount of money Van, like with the amount of money Van Gaal has spent, you know, the, the board never really backed David Moyes, like you know, and you can see Van Persie was against him. Ever, you know, they got rid of Rio Ferdinand. David Moyes, I think he he had a tough time at Man United. I think the player power showing in both the manager reigns after uh, Sir Alex has left. Uh, the players revolted about not having the chips under David Moyes era, and uh, they're revolting under the the boring style of playing the training under Louis van Gaal, so half of me wants these managers to have been kept in place a little bit longer just to put the players back in their place and remember that they wouldn't have never revolted no matter what Fergie did or what hardships he put under him. Uh, as for getting 18 months, I, I can see an argument for giving David Moyes more time than he got because the guy who was following Fergie was always going to struggle. Um, regardless of what money you gave them, regardless of who they was, they was going to struggle. So unless Moyes literally was just a patsy that was just going to come in and be fired so we could get onto the next guy, I don't know. But for me, he deserved to go after the Olympiacos game. It was the worst performance I've ever seen from Manchester United side. So clueless, so gutless. Uh, the Olympiacos away game, that is, obviously. Yeah. We turned it round at home, didn't we? Mm. Um, but I think... It, was, it wasn't It was just the performances on the pitch. It was the things that was being leaked from the players. And obviously, Rio Ferdinand needs to carry a lot of that can. He was leaking <laughs> a hell of a lot of stuff from the changing room, which he would have never done under Sir Alex. But there was also the things that Moyes was coming out with in the press conferences where we aspire to be like Manchester City and Liverpool come to Old Trafford as favourites. You can't be saying things like yeah. that as a Manchester United manager. Yeah. You've got to be saying, Liverpool are going to come here and we're going to slap them and send them back down the M62. <laughs> That's the th- sort of thing that you want to hear a Manchester United manager say. Not like, oh yeah, Liverpool, under Brendan Rodgers, come here <laughs> as favourites. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, that's Moyes, but if Van Hal does go, the million dollar question is who's going to replace him? Is it going to be Mourinho? Is it going to be Guardiola? Is it going to be Giggs? What would your preference be? None of those three. I would like us to do some due diligence and really look at who we can sign. I think I can probably rule out all those three gigs on the lack of experience. And we might have experience in the Premier League. He's got such a narrow field of experience. He's been at Man United for 20 years plus. So he needed to go and see the rest of the footballing world, I think, and realise how it works elsewhere. Uh, because what Fergie was doing at United might not have been the right way. There might have been better ways elsewhere and gigs could have done with maybe even taking the Swansea job before coming to try his hand at being the United boss. Um, Guardiola, I don't think he's ever shown the stomach for a fight. Um, the way he left his own club. Can you imagine Ryan Giggs, if he did take over Manchester United, t- leading us to a treble and titles, and then be like, eh, do you know what, I'm going to take a break. Can you imagine that? I can't imagine that. <laughs> that wouldn't go down too well. And um, Jose Mourinho, I think people are just completely ignoring the last... Uh, seven, eight months of his reign and the fact that he completely destroys youth and he leaves everywhere he goes on bad terms. Now, I know it's a little bit romantic to want 
a long-term manager to come in and you know I don't think we're ever going to see another 25 26 years like we saw with Sir Alex that doesn't mean we can't try for someone who's going to be here five six seven years and build something of a dynasty I just don't want us to turn into one another one of these European elite clubs that are changing the manager every 12 18 months two years if they win something I mean look at how Real Madrid cheated on Stolotti it's absolutely scandalous and I don't want us to turn into something like that but I think the leading candidates for me has got to be someone like Simeone, yeah. but then you can rule him out because of the language thing. I think Mark Hughes has done a fantastic job wherever he's gone, but he won't be a sexy enough name for the board or for a lot of our fans. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could uh, do with getting back in the mix if people are desperate for an ex-player to take over. Uh, I don't think what he did at Cardiff should really be a bad, a bad mark against his name. Uh, I think there's a lot of great managers out there, but I don't think anyone is the standout candidate. Yeah, it's um, it's funny actually. Being a Chelsea fan, actually, I see Simeone is actually learning the English at the moment, and I hope to God he comes to Chelsea actually. But um, just looking, Stephen, at the top four, like just be the final question for me. For me, it looks like the top four is going to stay what it is. I think Arsenal, Man City are going to fight out for the league. I think um, Leicester, they're just they're not, they're not backing down. They're surely going to get a fourth spot, and I think you can't rule out Tottenham either. What would be, what would you demand from Valen Gallagher this season? Because I think fourth spot is going to be very hard for you. I would demand fourth spot, and I think if he doesn't get it, he'll probably be out the door. I think there's a chance that he's going to be out the door anyway in the summer, probably on his own terms, regardless of what we get. I think he's he's probably had enough of. This, if someone who's that close to retirement, who's admitted he's that close to retirement, has probably not got the fight for what's required at United at the moment. Um, and I think you're right. I think I think it's going to be down to Arsenal or City. I think it'll probably be Arsenal. Uh, I think Leicester have probably done enough, and I've got enough momentum to see them over the line probably. And Tottenham look fantastic. I was only talking to my mate yesterday, and I was saying I wouldn't rule Tottenham out as a dark horse if they can. If anyone in that top four can put four, five, six wins together, they'll probably go clear because everyone else is in such indifferent form. Yeah. I think United need 65, 66 points to get into um, the top four, and you're looking at ten wins out of fifteen, mm. which would be. Um, exceeding what we've done under Louis van Gaal in terms of the last 18 months, not just the last <laughs> two months. <clears throat> so I think for us to do that, you don't generally see teams booking the trend of, uh, and their form in such a way. You know, Leicester have obviously done it recently and, and that will fall off at some point. But to expect United are going to turn around, if we'd assign somebody... I could see a signing being the catalyst for a going on a run like that. A signing comes in and it lifts the dressing room, it lifts the confidence around the club. We haven't signed anybody. Mm. Nothing's changed since that run in December. No one's come out and done anything. We just seem to be doing the same thing we always did and you're going to get the same results you always did unless you change something. So I think we're probably going to finish fifth, um, which would be considered a failure. So the only other option for us to sneak into the Champions League is to win the Europa League. And if you look at the sides that's left in it, I don't think we're going to do that either. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is there much of an appetite on the terraces for a Europa League run or is there worried that it's going to impact even more negatively on league performances? Um, there's no appetite whatsoever for us to do well in the Europa League. <laughs> um, and if you look at the history of uh, when Newcastle have competed in it, when Tottenham have competed in it, the league form undoubtedly suffers. And I think there's something in that Thursday-Sunday shift that happens instead of the Wednesday-Saturday shift. I think it really does affect teams, and I can't work out why, but it, the pattern, even Everton, when they've competed yeah. to the latter stages of the Europa League, they drop right down the league. Everybody who progresses far in the Europa League, their league form undoubtedly suffers. So if it was a choice between the two for me, I would scrap the Europa, 
let Mitchie land, go and have a, a good time with us and then uh, concentrate on trying to get up in the league. But we're in trouble at the moment. We're, we're probably going to... We'll probably get past Mitchell and then get Galatasaray or someone get knocked yeah. out and we'll come fifth in the league and we'll probably get knocked out after we'll get through Shrewsbury in the cup. So we'll have little bright sparks of what we think is encouraging stuff and then ultimately end up with nothing anyway. Um, finally, for me, Stephen, just one last one um, because I don't know if Roy wants to ask another football question now. But um, just for our listeners, full-time Devils, um, it's very entertaining stuff, I must say. Um uh, how did it all begin, and how many subscribers are you up to now? Uh, we're we're aiming for two hundred fifty thousand by the end of the season. We're oh. up to about two hundred thirty odd thousand. Uh, I don't actually know how it all began. Um, yeah, I've been with them for around about a year. Uh, I started MUFC latest, and they just kept asking me to come down, do previews, uh, come down, do fan cams after the game, uh, and that's the whole ethos of Full Time Devils. Really, we're at every game, home and away, yeah. and we speak to the fans right after the game we speak we do some stuff right before the game as well which is more like long-term videos like asking people about the signings and things like that but right after the game we speak to people and we get that raw emotion of people coming out of the ground home away yeah. europe you know, we did the pre-season tour so you know, that's the whole ethos is, is talking to fans we mm. we try and speak to as many fans as we can and get a broad range because for me no one represents united <clears throat> i know the old guy that's been going since the 50s the, the lads that have been going since the 80s, the young lads that have grown up with all the success in the 2000s, we all have our own opinions. They're all valid opinions. And, and as a fan channel, we just want to represent those for all the fans that we've got because there's such a broad, broad range of people follow United, home, abroad, you know, in the Far East, in America, we've got a massive following. So we just want to show what it's like at the game for people. Well, you can subscribe to Full Time Devils on YouTube. You can follow them on Twitter at Full Time Devils. And you can follow Stephen at Mr. Stephen Housen on Twitter. Uh, Stephen, thanks very much for talking to us on the Benchwarmers podcast today. No problem. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Stephen. And that was Stephen Housen there speaking to us. You can follow them, as I said, at Full Time Devils. And they're on YouTube as well. Um, do you think Mourinho would go? Um, I don't. I'd say he would. Sure, it wasn't there r- rumours when David mm. Moyes got the job that he was crying. Supposedly, <laughs> there was reports last week that he'd written a, a six-page impassioned plea to the United yeah. Board, saying he can change his ways and he's not all bad or whatever. I don't. Know. I heard that was rubbish. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he did go in there. Um, as Stephen mentioned, he kind of leaves teams in a shambles. You've seen that with Chelsea. Yeah. At Real Madrid, weren't in great shape. Inter weren't in great shape when he left them. Um, so that's the fear, I suppose, from from Reds like Stephen House that he'd come in, he'd do a job and leave United in the shambles. Yeah, although having said that, he you can't be argued. I probably still think is he the best manager ever? You know what he's well, done. His record speaks for itself. Yeah, you know. Do you know what I mean? People are saying he's done after what seven poor months at Chelsea. That's not how it works. Yeah, no, he's like even what he did with not even seven months. What he did with Porto, you know, with limited resources and everything. You know, he's 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 still a top class manager. But I do agree with Stephen's concerns. I actually hoped I for years I was hoping Chelsea would get back Mourinho. Mm. We got him back for a second stint, and I said to myself, right. I think Mourinho could actually do a Fergie or could be there for the long term and we could build something here with Chelsea and the thing flopped like he does in his third year with most clubs hits the road but what happened I mean like where did it all go wrong it's hard to say like you know once you start obviously the thing with the physio uh, either Canary or how it pounced that obviously mm. didn't help um, they lost a few games everything hit the wall I think Diego Costa He's obviously a bit of a pup, you know. <laughs> you can see him on the That's pitch. one way of putting it. Yeah, um, it just everything went against him, and I think just momentum build. You see, winning 
turns into a habit like losing turns into a habit and they just couldn't buy a win for nothing a lot of players didn't turn up from as well and that was really really evident yeah I think Fabregas is a disgrace of a player I really don't like like gifted footballer right but even Alan Shearer I was listening to him yesterday on BBC there was a 50-50 tackle yesterday and he didn't even go for Fabregas you know and it's the same he doesn't back his managers and mm. you can see the way he jumped Arsenal there are certain players in there if as as Jimmy Carragher said one night in Monday Night Football, it's always the manager carries the can and is the one that gets sacked. But if there was ever an instance where the player should have been sacked, that was it. Yeah. It just didn't well, it's a style old saying players win, managers lose, and that was certainly that case. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see where he turns up, though, if not United, where else? It's hard to call, really, you know, I suppose. Uh, I don't think... Well, is there any other Premier League club that would take him, I suppose, you know? Um, He's gone back to the continent, so... Yeah, it it looks like it. Um, I don't know, really, you know. I'd say he'll have to go back to... He might go to Italy or, you know, I don't know, is there anyone is He might go to Valencia. Mm. That might actually be his next match because Gary Neville is no win, on the way out the door soon. No wins in eight games. The fans booed him off at the weekend. He got ratty in the press conference. He's under tremendous pressure. He's not going to last, surely, is he? I mean, yeah. like, it was a massive job from the first place. Yeah, I can see fellas are jumping at him. He, he must be gutted because... Um, you know, for all, everyone's jumping on him now. Oh, big man can talk to talk, but can't walk to walk. You know, it was a strange appointment, then. Because I mean, like he had no managerial experience. He had coaching experience with England. Fair enough. Um, I know he's friends with the guy who owns the club, yeah. and that's why he was brought in. But it just seemed like a very strange appointment. Yeah, I, I don't think. I think he probably looked at win-win rather than lose-lose. You know, I think he, he's lost a lot by going here. Mm. Um, I think he sh- probably should have went to a, a lesser club first because Valencia are still a big club in La Liga. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I just think what I think is it eight games or something. Yeah. No, no, no wins. Yeah. It's you you got to say fair play to the guy for taking the job, and I mean like it's not working out, and you'd wonder if he's going to see out the season. Yeah. Well, who knows? Like you know, I haven't said that he still only took the job in January, was it? I know it's eight games, but. We might still turn it around, you know. There's fellas, but I very well, much yeah. doubt it, you know. Well, yeah, there's that there as well. But yeah. uh, uh, things are looking bleak. Yeah. They are looking bleak. Yeah. Uh, just getting back to Chelsea. Um, the FA Cup fifth round draw was made last night. The first tie out of the hat uh, was the biggest one in yeah. quite a while. Chelsea versus Manchester City. It's the most eye-catching one of the lot. Yeah, because I think, as I said, Chelsea had a good win against Arsenal last week, and they had a good win against MK Dons. Believe it or not, as they said <laughs> on Facebook, a club with less history than themselves. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I think this will be a good judge of where Chelsea are uh, uh, against Manchester City. I think uh, uh, it's funny. Everyone said at the start of the season Manchester City would run away with the league. I mm. knew they wouldn't because they don't they don't have the experience of winning leagues like the other like Man United used to have. Um, I I still think Man City they can be got at you know and. I think uh, I'm worried if they get Pep. That's the one thing, big thing I'd be afraid of because I think Pep. That's what they've been missing—a serious manager to take it to the next stage. Mm. But I think it, that'll be a cracking game. Chelsea at home. It'll be Chelsea need Chelsea. It depends a lot of the way it's going at the moment. It depends how Diego Costa's playing because mm. they, he's the main man. You know, a lot of it relies on him. So it'll it'll be, it'll be a cracking tie. Nothing else really to get excited about uh, with the rest of the draw. To be honest, Tottenham Crystal Palace could be a, a good one. Of those derbies are also yeah, always good fun. Alan Pardew, you know, it's he's done some job at Crystal Palace. You know, people go on about him leaving Newcastle because, in my opinion, I would still call Newcastle a big club. If you look at the north of England, they're one yeah. of the biggest. You know, um, but. He's done a great job at Crystal Palace and Tottenham 
really even Del Alli, he looks like a fantastic. Like it's amazing they got him. Like or no one picked him up. Mm. He looks like that a superstar. That goal he got as well. Was yeah, ridiculous. He looks and it's funny. I see the stuff going on on Facebook and Twitter because I think he, is he still only nineteen or twenty? Mm. Some of the stuff he did when he was younger in his teens, of, uh, you know, um, just videos in front of the mirror and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very, all coming back to haunt him. Yeah, it's good. But it's um, like Jamie Vardy's chat shit get banged. Uh, yeah, three coming back as exactly. Well. Like you know, but um, Jerk, what's say Tottenham? Uh, Liverpool. Uh, um, drawing with West Ham at the weekend um, the winners of that tie will play Blackburn um, how have you felt about Jurgen Klopp coming in um, has he been a success is he getting um, a bit too much leeway compared to his predecessor uh, what do you think is going on there I still think he's very much in the honeymoon period I think he won't be judged till next season mm. because he needs he'd probably like this season is just whatever you know and I think next he'll get the summer then he'll get a pre-season with him and he might buy a few players and whatever but you have to love Jorgen Klopp you know he's he's black, he's Hollywood stuff like isn't he he brings yeah. the stuff with him but it's funny I see Piers Morgan treat, tweeting even though I don't know if you take much heed of his tweets that um, uh, Arsenal could have had him if Arsenal fans weren't so rigid and uh, Wenger yeah. B- but he's he's a super manager as you say as you say his record speaks for himself I think he did inherit uh, not a great team with Liverpool but having said that if you look at if they get all their players out on the pitch it's a decent side I think he'll build something there with Liverpool and I think Liverpool have landed a, a gem there with him and poor old Christian Menteke looks like the odd man out because he just doesn't seem to fit into to no. Jurgen Klopp's style or philosophy whatsoever he'll be gone you know it's it's a pity really Andy Carroll Mark too really yeah but I, I still think they should try and keep some of these players you know like if you look at Robbie Keane the way he got thrown out of Liverpool Robbie Keane was actually still a success Liverpool mm. he's still banging in a few goals you know like they should keep a striker in reserve you know so I think Benteke he's still a decent option yeah fantastic option yeah but I suppose the team isn't being played to his strengths no um, and I think he's struggling for confidence um, which is quite evident when you're being brought on for the last 10 minutes of the game just as well, a plan B well Rodgers bought him you know he's not he's not class well, yeah. player you know so. yeah so that's kind of all the, the main FA Cup uh, fifth round ties Manchester United versus Shrewsbury as Stephen mentioned in his interview as well should be um, an easy one for Manchester United you would think you would, we would hope so you'd hope so anyway yeah. I rather not have it definitely yeah. getting sacked yeah um, it is is transfer deadline day we're not going to talk too much about it because it'll date the podcast basically yeah. if anything happens but um, it's been a very quiet January transfer window overall um, clubs haven't spent money um, really Newcastle has spent a few quid um, but yeah transfer deadline day is on upon us it's going to pass without much incident it would seem and um, it's just kind of a bit flat, really, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of a bit, eh, it's a bit funny, of anticlimax. The, well, the stat there is I think Newcastle have spent more than the entire Bundesliga and a few <laughs> other leagues, you know. So, But um, I see, like, yeah, it's... You know what's actually after ruining it is the... Jim White. Yeah, well, not even that, but the the on the reporting live at the grounds, you know, that the people can't go up to him anymore because the fame is still doing... They still do whatever, didn't you? Yeah. That was fantastic. You know, that wasn't that, me, by the way. That, yeah, that's ruined the excitement a small bit, but it's... It's been flat. To be honest with you, Roy, like the, I don't think the the market does not have many good players out there in the market. Because I suppose, but again, buying players in January is a massive risk. Like you got you, you buy guys who have to get time to settle into their new surroundings, settle in with their new teammates, and they're expected to hit the ground running. First thing is a lot of money's been spent in them, but adds to the pressure. Um, it means players can't thrive. So I, it's understandable that clubs are resistant to to make a punt in January. 
Yeah, that's true. But there are some clubs that do need to take a punt, as we see that Newcastle are spending. Because if they don't, they'll be head down fairly lively. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been dead really. Um, I see the the one good sign. I the one thing I was delighted with was Charlie. Um, I can't think he Charlie went. Austin. Charlie, yeah, he he went. Um, he went like the midfielder, wasn't it? Mm. He played for. He just went like that to one of the clubs. There was no to toing and froing. Uh, bang picture of the jersey holding up and that was happy it. days yeah uh-huh. no no messing no yeah nice. but he's a good player like See, it's hyped know? up to the inter green i think uh, a lot of that is down to sky sports as well like you know it just is. plugging it and plugging it. the transfer window slam shots <laughs> and you're like eh. well roy you know we're in the same type of game you know come today now is a very slow news day so you have to make something <laughs> out of nothing like you know i know yeah jim white is getting his uh his yellow tie ready as yeah. we speak um so yeah he'll be on tv tonight desperate for anything that's happening but i'd say he's in for a, a quiet day yeah. Also this week there's um, a full programme of Premier League fixtures Eight games taking place tomorrow night Two of them on Wednesday night Just looking through the fixture list here Not much really catching the eye I suppose Leicester and Liverpool could be quite interesting Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big game Like It's Leicester at home uh, big game for both sides really because I'd say Liverpool haven't ru- ruled out fourth spot yet they, if Man United are going for Liverpool are certainly going for it and um, and Leicester as we know they're not they want to drive on and um, they they want to prove a lot of people uh, wrong and mm. uh, win the Premier League United and Stoke as well as we mentioned with Stephen earlier uh, a big one tomorrow for Louis van Halle really needs to get all three points here yeah, you know that's that's huge. I don't think you will. I think Stoke. I, I think they're a decent side. Stoke, they're nice to watch. I think Stoke are quality sides. You know they got the the famous John Walters in the team, and uh, with John Walters in your side, you'll never lose. Yeah, and they got the other fella from Barcelona, Shakir. How do you pronounce it? Shakiri. Sh- yeah, Shakiri, and uh, they're. They look, they look quality, and Mark Hughes, as I said, is a serious manager. Yeah, there's talk of um, him going to Chelsea. Yeah, jeez, yeah. He, or I could have imagined that in a fever dream, but should, I definitely saw links with him. He should be the, the next step for Mark Hughes is the big club. Now we know we, he had Man City, but he was That's in a, before they were a big club. He was in a win-win. He was in, sorry, he was he was losing there because once the money came in, he, he was out the gap. He was kind of like the Ranieri when Chelsea <laughs> got the money. But like, um, yeah, I think the next step for Mark Hughes is a big club, and I actually think Man United should look seriously at Mark Hughes. They play nice football, stock. Yeah, you know, and but like as as Stephen said earlier, he wouldn't be a, bit, a sexy enough name for the board, but he is an ex-player, and he, I think he'd be perfect. For an ex-player um, steeped in the club's tradition um, has managed uh, and built his way up yeah. and up, as you said. So like Ryan Giggs would be perfect together as well. Like, I yeah, think, could know. be a good option as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Wednesday, then, just the two games: um, Everton and Newcastle. Everton um, are a bit of a conundrum to me because they are on paper an excellent, excellent side, yeah. and on the field they're just consistently inconsistent. What's going on? It's, it's, it's time for Martinez to go nearly. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's time will tell you. I think that's a big gamble. If he goes, they could just drop like a stone as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. They had they had one they had one two good seasons with him, and I don't know has the honeymoon period. He's been there. This is third season there, isn't it? I think so. You know, I think they have. I think Newcastle. I don't think Newcastle get relegated. I think they'll stay up. So I think they could. But well, uh, they spent a fortune anyway, so they're yeah. gonna have to. Yeah, I think they'll. Um, 
I think they'll probably beat Everton definitely. Watford and Chelsea as well as the other games tomorrow. Yeah, or on Wednesday I should say. I think Chelsea will do that. You know, I think Chelsea they're they're looking good now at the moment. I think they're coming back into form. As I said, I think they're going to put a late run together. I love midweek football. I think it's great. I think the atmosphere is always great yeah. because like it's late at night. It's the floodlights are on. Yeah. Uh, the 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 round uh, midweek round of fixtures a couple of weeks ago. BT had the two games on. They were both three threes. Yeah. Uh, it just really adds to the thing. So it I love midweek football. Yeah. Um, right, uh, that's the Premier League. The Benchwarmers are hosting a night with the Liverpool Legends very, very shortly. You've had one in Limerick, which was yeah. a fantastic success. It's coming to Cork very, very soon. Tell us the details on that. Yeah, we got a massive turnout at the one in Limerick. Basically, it's actually a very good night. It's basically Jess McIntyre does the MC, more or less. And, He's uh, a good character. Yeah, exactly. And Didi Hammond and uh, Robbie Fowler. I get interviewed and it's just a bit of banter really mm. between three legends of the game um, uh, it's this one it's on not next week or it's the not, 11th of February yeah the 11th of February sorry and Thursday week yeah and uh, it's, it's on the Hanover so it's uh, the Hanover's a good spot you know it you come and you'll get a signed Liverpool jersey the whole lot uh, mm. it's, it, it, it's honestly the, the night in Limerick now was a great laugh and I don't see why this should be any different yeah fantastic and uh, always great stories from the lads as well, McAteer as well, able to spin a year and Diddy Hammond there as well. So yeah, it's fan- it's fantastic. Yeah, so. sure. We're all familiar, like Diddy Hammond's on RT, like you know, and we're all familiar with McAteer for playing for Ireland and uh, Robbie Fowler, as we know, has been a great character for Liverpool. So there's actually there are three great characters. You know, a lot of time you could get ex-born footballers, mm. but these fellas are actually a bit of crack. And a great chance to meet the lads as well, and as you say, get something signed. There's a meet and greet beforehand, and there's just regular tickets on sale as well. So if people want to get tickets. Yeah, you can get it on, go onto our Facebook page and you'll see the details. You can log on there and uh, buy the tickets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a busy weekend elsewhere as well. Um, just going to talk a bit about the Australian Open because that man Novak Djokovic winning six, his sixth uh, Australian Open title, um, which is just absolutely incredible. He breezed past Andy Murray yesterday like it wasn't even an effort. Yeah, it's his 11th Grand Slam. I think Federer's on 17 and he, there's a good chance he could catch him out. Um He's still, I think, is he 28, 29? Uh, you'd have to feel sorry for Murray. The only way to beat Djokovic is to get ahead of him at the start and stay ahead of him. Murray, the first set, he just fell asleep. Mm. I don't know. But Murray has had a lot of stuff off the court. He's, his father-in-law collapsed you yeah, know, or yeah, something. Yeah. And his wife, as we know, is She's expected. She's Jew as well, isn't she? Yeah, Yeah. so, but still, having said that, I think also the semi-final against Rakitic is the Canadian. Ronit. Ronit, sorry, the Canadian. He, um, like, that was a war, if you watched that. Mm. He, he really was, like, Murray got past him, really, because Ronit got, got an injury, mm. you know. But um, I'd, I'd feel sorry for Murray because he'd kind of remind me of... Um, the, not I can't think of the, the golfer, not McElroy, not Speed, the other American golfer. He's he'll win a Ricky few. Fowler. Ma- yeah, Ricky Fowler. He'll win a few majors, but he'll never be up there with the big. That's boys, the thing. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a danger more he's going to be remembered as a sports almost man. He has won a couple of majors, but like to be that good, but to have Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic in front of you must be just born at frustrating. The wrong, just born at the wrong time, and like if you look at it, Murray is probably one of the best athletes we've produced in these islands, but he is just born at the wrong time because. Um, and just a quick word as well on Nadal, who I'd be a big fan of. Um, mm. I read his book. I think the man's an absolute hero. I think he's got 11 Grand Slams. That's just his injuries caught up with him, wasn't it? Yeah, but he's still young. He's 29. I'm hoping he'll come back. But it's been... I love the Australian Open. It's the first major of the mm. year. With the next one, now is the French Open, I think. In Nadal loves that as well. Yeah, the King of Clay. That's in May. 
but like um, the, yeah the Australians open is brilliant because there's nothing really on this mm. time of year and it's great uh, Gaelic Games wise over the weekend as well kind of a, a mixed one for Cork the footballers uh, in fantastic form against Mayo yesterday just breezing past them 118 to 12 points um, they were very very good indeed uh, signs very very promising we heard from Padra Healy on the big red bench and he was kind of not getting carried away so there's a lot to work on uh, the ladies footballers beaten by Mayo as well um, the reigning champions uh, losing in their opening match but uh, we had their captain Kiro Sullivan and she's not really um, getting too upset about it's still a lot to work on uh, they have Nadifi Fitzgerald in training with them he was announced on Monday as their new manager replacing Eamon Ryan who uh, many regard as irreplaceable um, so it's a, a huge job for uh, for Eamon Fitzgerald to come in um, and do but uh, no better man for it I think it'll be fantastic well if there's one thing I'd say in the, the men's uh, footballers in Cork that um the, I'd be very worried about the hurlers because it looks like I don't know do we have the players anymore mm. but I think the footballers we definitely have the squad we, we were very they were very unlucky last season they were you know? a kick of a ball away from beating Kerry last year yeah and when they lost to Kerry they got caught in the ambush against Kildare yeah. down in Limerick was it and um, I think though the footballers they, they've always had the squad I think Conor Coonan he was a good manager he won a Cork in All-Ireland but I think Coonan he actually had so much talent he didn't know what to do with it mm. I think the talent is there I just think I, I don't know I hope they have to I don't think Cooper with a hunch of respect was the right man I don't know I hope uh, he worked very hard at the job as well I think a lot of the criticism that he, criticism that he got afterwards was uh, completely unwarranted yeah. it, was, it was quite uh, vicious uh, after Cork uh, uh, lost uh, last summer but as I say kicking the ball away from beating Kerry that would yeah. have been a completely different summer it would have totally uh, it would be interesting to see what Pater Healy can do with the footballers now and he's got a, a great man in there named Ryan as well who's uh, massively respected so he's going to pass on his knowledge yeah. to that current crop so that's going to be fantastic uh, for them uh, Six Nations time uh, coming up this weekend um, Ireland going into it as favourites is that fair to say? You'd have to say so I suppose because uh, France they don't look no great shapes Wales you never know what they're going to do uh, <laughs> England uh, bit of yeah, turmoil yeah you don't they're, yeah, they're in transition as well and uh, if anyone Scotland actually could put a good run together really yeah because Scotland you know they're very underrated you know they were kick a ball away from beating Australia in the World Cup you yeah. know um, I think though I can't think who I was reading at the weekend he's a very respected journalist in the English Times anyway he reckons Ireland come forth I think and I I don't know if I go. I think a lot hinges on Ireland versus Wales this Sunday. Um, that, that's a massive game. I think whoever wins that could go on and, and win it. To be honest with you, mm. but I think um, hand yeah. on heart now. If you're going to call a winner, call it. I'd say I'd go with England or Wales. England or Wales, no chance for Ireland. Ooh. I think we're a bit off it. You know. I Do you think? I think we're going to Pollock Holland like yeah. Brian Odrisco was a big loss and to lose both of them now Pollock Holland and Peter O'Mahony being out as well yeah, another I think, loss well there are some good signs though I'm looking forward I'm excited to see CJ Stanner in the Irish jersey he's been fantastic for Munster over the last couple yeah. of years he's the kind of guy who would run through a brick wall if you, if you told him to run through a brick wall he would, yeah. he's got pace too though you see mm. as well if and good hands as well yeah he's he's a quality number 8 it'll probably be him at 8 Sean O'Brien at a six and you probably have to put he up seven which would be peculiar you know yeah. but um, it'll make it's going to make for cracking six sessions uh, today if, right, if we get a day like we the final day we got last season <laughs> yeah. which I highly doubt it but because people <laughs> people were saying that they should bring in bonus point system into the six nations well I used to always argue that as well but 
looking at we wouldn't have got the day we got last season yeah. if there was bonus points so keep the way it is and hopefully we make it the same <laughs> fingers crossed uh, yeah. Ireland uh, can do it when the Six Nations kicks off uh, this weekend uh, that's pretty much it from our very first podcast uh, how do you feel it went it's been emotional Roy. <laughs> yeah it's been a roller coaster, hasn't it it's been tough times there's been tears there's been yeah. laughs there's been laughs but uh, this is going to be a regular feature uh, the Big Red Bench and Bench Warmers teaming up yeah. for uh, a weekly podcast we'll be back next week uh, you can uh, follow us on SoundCloud you can follow the Bench Warmers at at BE Warmers funny enough it's on everything on Instagram on Twitter on um, uh, Snap, Snapchat and on uh, Facebook and you can follow us uh, at Big Red Bench on Twitter as well and redfm.ie forward slash sport don't forget the Liverpool Legends event happening on the 11th of February with uh, Jason McIntyre Robbie Fowler Diddy Haman more details on the Bench Warmers Hopefully social we'll media we'll get a, a guest next week for the show fingers crossed yes, fingers, fingers crossed, crossed. We'll sh- Keep them to Loki. Yeah. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll be back next week. Yeah.